0: this but only trust
1: in Jesus name
2: would you bow your heads with me this morning god we trust in you god we trust in you this morning we trust in the name of Jesus god for for there's been times that we've tried to trust in our own lives, and our own strength, in our own jobs, in our own situations Lord God, but God eventually our strength runs out, eventually Lord God we fall flat on our face so God this morning we are reminded that the reason that we're here is because of the victory of the cross and the sacrifice that you made so that we might have that victory So Lord, we engage, we embrace it. We say, yes, Lord, we trust in you. And that trust, that dependence upon you will help us to be victorious and overcome the circumstances of life. So strengthen us this morning. Increase our faith this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, you may be seated. Amen, thank you, worship team. It's great to be with you this morning. I have a few things to share before we uh, dismiss our service. And listen, I know that um, I know that we do things a little bit different from time to time. I know that it's the order of the service sometimes changes. We do stuff here and there. We're we're just trying to serve God. We're just trying to read what the Spirit is trying to say. So don't get. Let's not get hung up on, well, this is not what we do right now. We're not supposed to do this right now. We're supposed to do this. Well, that's not how I take up communion. I do it this way. It's supposed to be done this way. No, it's not. (laughs) Let's not forget that we're just a family of believers coming together to worship God, to talk about his word, to encourage one another. And everything beyond that, it's just preference. It's just style. It's, so let's let's not get worked up about those things. Let's just celebrate being together. Is that is that good? Does that make sense? Let's just be a family. That's that's what we're called to be. And so, um, I I just I thank God that we have the the flexibility and you know the opportunity to. To hear from people and hear from Pastor Corey and what he's passionate about, and and hear from others as as we worship and just encourage one another. So I just I just I don't know why I said that, but I just want to know. It's it's good to be in in a a family atmosphere uh, this morning. I don't know if uh, if you guys are, um, are sports fans, or I'm a I'm a sports fan. I'm kind of like I like sports, and some people don't like sports. Some people are just like why do you get so worked up about sports? I'm like, I don't know. I just do, though. I do. I get worked up about it. I I enjoy watching it. There's something cool. uh, If you've ever watched watched professional football, is that um, there are moments that you think to yourself, uh, when I watch football, and I think, and I watch, sometimes a quarterback goes like this. Did you know that the quarterback has a microphone in his helmet so that the coach can talk to him? While he 's on the field that the coach, during a certain part of of the of the stoppage of play, can actually talk to the quarterback from the sidelines and tell him the play and say, "This is what you need to do now at a certain point. The mic goes off 15 seconds, before the, 15 seconds before the play starts. It automatically shuts off. There's actually some guy in a booth there that just pushes that button all day long. They're, you know, they're paying him to push that button saying no more. You can't talk to him anymore. So 15 seconds before the play starts, the quarterback can't, the, the, the coach can't talk to the quarterback. Because I thought to myself, there was a part of me who was just like, well, how long does the coach get to talk to the quarterback? Can you imagine if the, if the quarterback is in, like in mid-throw and he's like, no, no, don't do that. Or if like, or if the, or if the coach is just like, and and the, the quarterback's just about to get sacked. And he's like, look out, look out, look out, look out, look. You know what I mean? Like that would kind of be freaky to hear that in my, in my ears. And yet, at the same time, there would be, there'd be something kind of cool about it. Kind of like, you know, eyes that no one else can see, and you've got kind of that insight. Have you ever watched those movies where there's like like this three-person team like Mission Impossible, you know, where Tom Cruise is going through the building, and he's like coming down through the roof, and you've got some guy on a computer who's hooked up to all of the cameras who knows exactly where he is, knows exactly where the enemy is, and he's just like, okay, stop here for three seconds. Okay, now cross the aisle. Now go here. Now go there. And it's like it's like the the bad guys don't know what's going on because they don't understand why Tom Cruise has the insight has to where to go. But because there's these eyes above, there's this idea where you can see. The, got all of these cameras and just like I, I don't have to worry about the enemy. I don't have to be scared about getting hurt because I've got this person who can see everything, who is showing me and guiding me and and giving me direction so that I can that I can conquer, I can be victorious, I can, I can do what I need to do. Church, I want you to know that I know that sounds very like, like Hollywood. But that in fact we do have a connection with the Creator. That we do have a connection with the Holy Spirit of God through His Son Jesus Christ that gives us access to truly the person who sees all and knows all and is everywhere. And you're just like, okay, Pastor Shane, you're kind of getting a little spooky on me. you know? Like, This isn't an invasion of privacy. This is not what this is talking about. We're just talking about the reality that we have the chance to interact with a God who wants to interact with us on a regular basis. And I think one of the things that we've been talking about coming and seeing, we've been talking about evangelism and inviting people to see what God has shown us. And just this idea that we're so excited about God that we just want to share and just say, look, I can't explain everything, but you've got to come and see what's going on. I, can't ex- I don't have all the answers, but you've got to come and see what's going on. You've got to come and see what God is doing in my life. You've got to come and see what God is doing in our church. We're throwing pies in people's faces after church. Well, why are you doing that? Because we believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We believe in furthering the gospel of Jesus Christ in places that have never heard it before. Why would you do that at your church? You need to tell people who you work with that you threw pies and people got pied in the face. Because they're going to ask you why. <laughs> why did you you, you, you threw a pie in the face of your pastor? Like, what was that all about? Like, are you, do you not really like the way he preaches? Or is he kind of, like, annoying? Or, like, what was the deal with that? They're going to ask you questions. This is your opportunity to come and see. It's, it's that simple. It's, just, it's that kind of opportunity. saying, like, what's going on? And so the point is we're talking about evangelism. And we've been talking about, we've had so many uh, different speakers come this fall we 've had people talk about you know we had David Wells here last week, and he was amazing and it was it was great to hear from him. Our national superintendent was kind of you know it was kind of kind of weird for me, but it was just like, okay, hey you know come on in. and uh, and here just we, we had a guy come and speak about the Muslim community and and what it means to reach out to the muslim community and we 've been talking about reaching out. But, Church, we cannot forget the very best ally, the very best tool, the very best thing that we can access is the power of the Holy Spirit to reach out and preach the gospel. We cannot forget that that was the whole reason that we were filled with the Spirit in acts 1.8, 1.8, it says this, it says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you'll be witnesses for me to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Luke 24, 9, sorry, 24.49 says, and I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here until the Spirit comes and he will fill you with power from heaven. Why did he fill us in power from heaven? So that we could be witnesses. So that we could represent Christ here on Earth, that that's why the Spirit was given. and so this is the access that we have to God. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter eight into a really interesting story of Philip. Philip was called an evangelist in the Bible, and so it's Philip. It's Acts chapter eight. Verse 26. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. So here's what it says. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. And so he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia. Not bad, eh? Pretty good title. Treasurer of Ethiopia. Imagine if you're like the treasurer of Canada. It'd be a lot of nickels to count. Um, the eunuch of great authority under the candidate, the queen of Ethiopia, the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and now he was returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud the book of the prophet Isaiah. And the Holy Spirit said to Philip, "Go over there and walk along. Aside, sorry, walk along beside the carriage." Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. He said, do you not understand what you're reading? And the man replied, how can I understand unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he'd been reading was, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as lamb is silent before the shears. He did not open his mouth, and he was humiliated, received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was like taken from the earth. And the eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, what was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? And so beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. And as they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? You can, Philip answered. If you believe with all your heart. And the eunuch replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Verse 38, he ordered the carriage to stop. They went down to the water. Philip baptized him. And when he came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. And the eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the town of Aztos, and he preached the good news there in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. Father, we thank you for your word. Holy Spirit of God, point us to Jesus this morning through your word and through the teaching of your word, and as we understand Jesus more, um, the greater um, the victory, the greater understanding of you we will have, and uh, that will just strengthen us and give us more hope. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So this is an interesting story. Maybe you've never heard the story of Philip, and you're thinking to yourself, Whoa, well, this, is, this seems like a bit of a crazy story. What's going on? Well, listen, this, this is the Holy Spirit of God absolutely at work on, a, on behalf of Philip the evangelist. Philip became known as the evangelist through this account. So this is the Spirit of God empowering Philip not to give him a book, not to, uh, not to say, here, come to my church, or um, not, to, not to say, okay, why don't you, you know, why don't you come over to my house for brownies or something. The Spirit of God is working through Philip in order to spread the good news of the gospel. There's nothing else at work here. There are no special tools. There are no special abilities that Philip has. It's just God Through the power of the Holy Spirit, speaking to Philip, and then he does something extraordinary. So the first thing I want you to understand is that there was specific direction given from the Holy Spirit to Philip, right? Specific instructions. What was the specific instruction? He said, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down to the desert road. This is verse 26. That runs up from Jerusalem to Gaza. Gaza. And then, in verse 29, Philip sees this eunuch in this carriage, and in verse 29, the Holy Spirit says to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. You know, sometimes when I think we we feel like we want to hear from God, that's not usually what we're looking for, is it? Right? God, I need the answer to this, I need the answer to that. Help me fix this, help me fix that. And, you know, the Holy Spirit says to Philip, you need to go walk beside the carriage. The Holy Spirit of God is is specifically involved in your life and wants to use you to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he uses these specific moments to say, and, and Philip is listening, he's trying to say, this is what I want you to do, this is how you're going to reach this person, this is what it's going to happen, but you've got to do exactly, you got to do what I say, because I have specific instructions. And what that specific instructions means is just like, is that we think to ourselves, um, we think there's sometimes you get instructions from God or something. Sometimes God asks you to do something that doesn't make any sense. When I was pastoring, uh, when I was a youth pastor, I, I honestly felt like I was I was, I, was, I lived on the lake in Godrich. I don't ever been to Godrich, Ontario, and they have the boardwalk down by the lake. And I'm I'm, I'm walking along with God, and I know you guys are going to think that I'm crazy, but I don't care. Um, and I honestly felt like God said, You need to go into the water. And I'm like, But Lord, I don't have swimming trunks on. Why do you want me to go into the water? Like I was fully decked out. Like I had like pants. Like I was just. And he's like, No, you need to go into the water with all your clothes on. And I'm like, Okay, I will. <laughs> And so I kind of got to the edge of the water, and you're just, but through this process, you're thinking to yourself, that doesn't make any sense. Why would I do that? And some of you are thinking to yourself, Pastor Shane, are you sure that was God speaking to you? Or was that some sort of, like, weirdo, like, what was going on with that? Like, really? And honest, I'm telling you, I felt like the Spirit of God was telling me to do it, so I did it. And it was in the process of me walking in obedience that the, the Holy Spirit of God gave me a message to share with the church. Gave me a message to share with the church that I was in and he began to speak to me and he began to show me and said, this is what, this is what you need to do. This is, this is what I'm trying to help people to understand what it means to follow and hear my voice. That it's just about walking in obedience. Let me tell you, if I'm Philip and, and God's speaking to me and he's like, he didn't say to Philip, go and do this. Or go, he just said, go and walk beside this carriage. And you know what that says to me? He's got specific things in mind for us to do. God is at work in our lives. Listen, God is at work in the lives of the people that you work with, in the lives of the people of your family, in the lives of everybody around you. He is setting things up so that you can speak to somebody about the gospel, so that you can share the gospel to somebody. God was setting up Philip, and he says, Look, I want you to go down and walk beside the carriage because I'm going to use you. I'm going to do... He didn't say that. He just said, go and do this. God is at work. Philip didn't know he was reading Isaiah. Listen... There's no way Philip knew this guy was reading Isaiah. He had no idea what this eunuch was from The eunuch was from Ethiopia. It's not like he thought to himself, it's like, he was like, well, that guy must be reading Isaiah. I can tell him how to read Isaiah. And here we, like he had no idea what was going on. All he heard from God was go and walk beside the carriage. Sometimes we try and make sense of God leading us. To do things. Well, God, that doesn't make any sense. Why should I pray for that person? They don't need prayer. Their life is more in better shape than mine is. God, why do you want me to give this to them? They don't need it. They're just going to use it for something they shouldn't use it for. To obey is the better than sacrifice, the Bible says. And he wants us to walk in obedience. That when we have this connection with the Holy Spirit, he leads us and guides us and says, look, I just want you to, just want you to do this and, and, and go here. And it's honestly, it can be that specific. And we, we need to be able to listen to it because you have to believe in that moment that God is at work everywhere. Right? God's a part of it, every part of it, every person's life on the planet. And so, if he is asking you to do something specific, it's because he already has a plan in place. It's because he's worked in advance. Ephesians chapter two, verse ten. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so that we can do good things. He has planned for us long ago. Long ago, he is setting it up. Specific plans. Obedience here is the key, not logic. Don't try and figure God out. Don't try and reason together with him. Don't try and negotiate with him and say, God, okay, well, I don't really want to do this, but I'll do this. <laughs> I don't really want to go and do that because that would feel weird, but, you know, I, I had this, this thing with God saying, you know, God, I don't really want to go into the water. can I just, like, like, pull my pants up and, like, walk with my... You've done this before, right? I'm not the only person. Um, and I, you try and reason with God. Well, just Obedience. Specific things. Next thing, next thing that happens is that it's interesting is that um, the Holy Spirit speaks to um, speaks to Philip to go in a certain direction down the road. Remember the first, the first verse, verse 26 says, the angel of the Lord said to him, go down to the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. He says that. And then in the midst of that, the Holy Spirit speaks to him again. And says, go over and walk along the side of the carriage. What's cool about this is that God doesn't just speak to us and then drop us somewhere. He doesn't say, just go and do this and then good luck with that. You ever watch the movie Incredibles? It's a cartoon, this movie called Incredibles, and Mr. Incredible, he's gotta go and defeat this big mechanical robot. And what they do is that they don't know where the robot is, so what they do is they just throw him into the jungle and say, Go find the robot. Good luck. Go figure it out. You're watching like a a movie where they're they're sending a seal team into the forest, and we're just like, we don't really know how to get there. Just just go and defeat the enemy. Good luck with that. We're gonna cut off radio silence. We can't talk to you. So just just go and do your work. And sometimes I feel like we feel like God has done that to us. He'll speak to us, and so go and do this. And then He drops us off, and we think to ourselves, once I'm what am I gonna do when I once I get there. Because we have to believe and know and trust that God is going to speak to us again. God is not going to drop you off and isolate you after you walk in obedience and make you look like an idiot, make you look foolish because he's not, that's not what he's trying to do. He has step-by-step instructions, but he's going to be with you step-by-step. He didn't just say to Philip, go down to this road and good luck when you get there. You'll just figure it out when you're there. Once he was there, God spoke to him again. Go and walk along beside the carriage. John 16, verse 13 and 14. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future He will bring me glory and telling you whatever he receives from me. The Holy Spirit is at work to speak to you and talk to you because it is a message directly from God for you in that moment. And he's going to be with you step by step along the way. So if God speaks to you to go and do something, he's going to speak to you again to help you get through what you need to do. He's not just going to leave you hanging. He works with us step by step. He's going to speak to us step by step. The faith here, the key here is faith and not fear. Because what happens is is the initial moment that we think to ourselves, God calls us to do something, something specific. Drive down this road. Honestly, there are moments that God wants you to take another route home from work. There are moments that God wants you to speak to somebody, take an extra five minutes and talk to that person. Listen, there are moments that God wants you to talk to somebody specifically or not talk to somebody that morning. He is speaking, he is active in your life and those moments, in those moments when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, there's something that happens, there's either faith or there's fear. And what happens is is the fear is is that if we obey him, that it's not going to work. Or if we obey him, what am I going to do next? What happens if they ask me a question? What am I going to say? Like, <laughs> What if I pray for them and they say, no, I don't want you to pray for By the way, 99% of people will absolutely allow you to pray for them. 99% of people will absolutely allow you to pray for them. Pastor Corey said it. I, I, there, I've, I've asked many people to pray for them and, and almost everybody says yes. But what we think in that moment is, well, what if they say no? Well, what if I don't know what to say? Well, what if I try and pray and I say something that I'm not supposed to say? Or what if somebody sees us? What if somebody's... And we start to see the what if, the what if, because in that moment we start to be afraid. We think to ourselves, if I take this step, what if I fall off the ledge? What if Indiana Jones' last crusade and the plank is not really there and I fall over? I love you guys got the imagery, right? Right? It's so good. You're right with me. It's good. And so, listen, you don't, and so you're scared if I take this step that I'm gonna somehow, I'm gonna fall. I'm gonna, you're just gonna leave me alone. I'm telling you, God is not gonna leave you alone. He's gonna be with you every step and he's gonna speak to you again. And each step you obey the stronger your faith gets. The more encouraged, the more courageous you become. And what's cool, about, what's cool about Philip here is that so God speaks to him and then he goes over beside the carriage. Verse 30, Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah and Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? And the man replied, how, how can I unless someone instructs me? And so he urged Philip to come up to the carriage and sit with him. And so I was like, um, What's cool thing about Philip here is that Philip doesn't go into like the evangelism speech at this moment. It's not like Philip goes up to uh, the eunuch and says, "Do you want to know Jesus? Do you want to give your heart to Jesus right now? Do you want to repent? Would you want to get down on your knees and pray the sinner's prayer? Is that what you want? Let's do that." Like that is not what Philip does. Philip just says, "Do you need help understanding what you're reading?" And this is the essence of all we need to do, church. This is this. This is all we need to do. Is that we need to find a way that we can help people. Is that we need to have compassion and just and just to serve the people around us. He offered a helping hand. Galatians chapter six verse ten says, "Let's not get tired of doing what is good." At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. We need, in these moments, God speaks to us, and we can't have, sometimes we get this pressure like, well, I've got to preach a sermon, I've got to convert this person. You just need to open up your heart and say, God, how can I help? And that God will present an opportunity for you to help. God's going to present an opportunity for you to serve this person. He's going to present an opportunity for you to bring love and servanthood and humility into their life. He's going to. He did it for Philip, and Philip's just like, How can I help you understand what you're reading because you seem confused? Maybe it's your neighbor and God speaks to you, you just need to go over and talk to your neighbor. And in the midst of talking to your neighbor, you realize that your neighbor is frustrated with their flowers. They're frustrated that their flowers are not growing properly and you just happen to know amazing things about flowers. Can I help you with your flowers? Can I help you? This is this is what you can do. Do you want, you know, maybe I can bring some tools over and we can work on it together. Maybe we can go to the store and I can show you this, the right stuff to get that's going to help you. And would you be able to do that? And I'm telling you, this is the posture that we need to take as Christians. Do you understand? remember Jesus used to go to people and, and people who were blind and people who were lame, and and their their legs were broken. And he would go up to them and say, "What? How can I help you?" Uh, my legs are broken. But the posture of servanthood, it wasn't an assumption. It's not like Jesus just floated into their life <clears throat> and, with, and detonated a bomb in their life, and they' are just like it's not like he didn't want to engage or talk to them. He actually wanted to help them. He wanted them to know that he cared about what they cared about. And so before he does anything, he asks, "How can I help you? How can I pray for you? How can I heal you? What do you want?" It's not like he just saw the, It's not like he just saw the person who was lame on the side of the road and just says, well, that person needs to be healed. Boop. Just for you. His heart was to connect. His heart was to serve. His heart was to humble themselves before those who were humble to say, I am willing to help you. And Philip, willing to help the person, the eunuch, understand the Bible in that moment. Wasn't, didn't say, hey, what you're reading? Like, like this is what it means. He's like, let me help you understand. And so, what does the and the very last step is the one. Honestly, an extraordinary step is that. First of all, we just need to realize that God uses a step like he has specific instructions for us and that he has step-by-step instructions. It's not just one one word and then figure it out. He he walks with us step-by-step. And if we can get into that moment and begin to humble ourselves and serve, that there's an extraordinary thing that happens is that people will begin to respond to you. Hey, can I help you understand that verse? Sure, Philip. Why don't you come up and sit beside me in this carriage and we'll figure it out together. Did Philip insist on going into the carriage or was he invited to come and sit in the carriage? He was invited. Some of us actually think that we're not going to get invited. Some of us actually think that they, maybe that's not what's going to happen or they're not gonna, they're not gonna want to talk to me or, or whatever. I'm telling you, when you serve people in humility, in the power of the Spirit of God, they are going to invite you into their life. I had a meeting a couple of weeks ago uh, about a guy who I was helping um, uh, on a financial level and everything worked out and he was so grateful. And he says, why don't you come for lunch with me? And he took me for lunch to this amazing food. And in the process of eating this amazing food, he says to me, you know, like our family's going on, on vacation and, you know, we're going to go on a cruise together. You should come along. It'd be amazing. You should come with us. I'm like, did I miss a step? Did I miss something here? Like, I just helped you out a little bit, and you're giving me food now, and which is great, and I figured that's that's a nice thing for you to do. Why don't you come with us? Your family should come with us on vacation and be with my family. It would be great. Like, do you ever ask yourself who would you want to go on vacation with you? And then you start, like, crossing people
0: off the list. (laughs) Right?
2: And there's this kind of, like, awkward moment, and you're like, yeah, we should just go by ourselves, you know? Here's this guy, I I, I just... I just helped the best that I could. And he's like, why don't you come and be part of more of my life? He's the one who invited. It's not like I was saying, hey, can I come on vacation with you? No, he just, he invited me into his life. I'm telling you, when you walk in the power of the Spirit of God and you follow the the thing that God asks you to do and you walk with him step by step in a humble and serving-like attitude, people are going to invite you into their life. And these are the moments that we have the opportunity to speak, that we have the opportunity to share, because they will ask you questions about your life. And that we need to be ready to share what God has done for us. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and 16 says... Instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. Do this in a gentle and respectful way. We need to be ready. Because as we follow the Spirit of God, He leads us into reaching out to others. It doesn't have to be this overwhelming task. Because you've got the guy in the video booth. You've got the guy who's connected to all the wires, all the video screens, saying, go here. Talk to this person. Stop here for a moment. Just wait and have a small conversation with them. Just look at them and realize, just take this moment, invest this time, Go in this direction. Wow, God is speaking to us. I mean, it's never really sounded like that to me. I guess it could. Usually it's in a British sound, you know, like an English accent that I'm being directed. But listen, this actually happens. Church, I want you to know that this actually happens that the Holy Spirit actually does speak to us in this way in order to meet the needs of others. I asked Pastor Corey if he would maybe even just come some, share something short to share. <laughs> <laughs> just like, give me, give me an example. I, I give my example. What's your example?
0: Um, actually, a good friend of mine, Scott Blackburn, asked me to go to a Colts game. And uh, so we get there, we get to the Colts game, and, and we were going to our seats, and it was just the two of us. And there was this guy standing in the And said God hates us. Yeah, I got my attention right away. You know, <laughs> sure, big letters. God hates us, and God told me to go talk to him, just go tell him what I love. And I know I heard the voice. I know I did. And I was like, Scott's walking one way to go to the seats, and I completely chickened out. Honestly, I just I knew he spoke to me, and I just <sighs> anyway. So I went to my seat with Scott. And Scott, i got to go. God told me I have to go talk to somebody. i got to go. So I took off, and I walked around the this, this stadium trying to find this guy. I, I walked around probably about 20 minutes, half an hour. I never found the guy, believe it or not. I, and I, I felt so bad about it. And it was always there in my mind that I hadn't followed that voice because I knew it was God. Anyway, a short while later, I was at a wedding uh, out, uh, out west, and um, believe it or not, a guy shows up, and he's wearing a T-shirt. He says, God hates us. Uh, um, I just need you to know. I want you to know that God wants you to know that He loves you. So I, I heard His voice, but He gave me a second chance to go back and make it right after. So awesome, awesome, Jared. You got something to share? Come on up, buddy.
2: These are these are stories that happen to us all to, all the time, every day. Little moments where God speaks to us and says, "This is what I want you to do."
3: Morning. The period between, well, when I just left school and entering university, I worked for about a year, saved some money to help me through university. And there was a trip that was having a missionary trip in our church. And one of the guys, and, oh, yeah, oh, <coughs> sorry, one Sunday, the pastor was saying, Well, you know, if you all can assist anybody, assist, you know, and I'm like, I really need this money for school, you know, because it's it's not cheap. And God, you know, laid on my heart to pay for somebody's ticket. I was like, okay. And I went ahead and did it. And during university, the government of the day decided to change the system where they pay 100% tuition. And that basically, well, that money that I used to pay for the trip, it kind of was covered by change any policy. So, I guess in terms of me being obedient, I don't, I don't think my obedience caused the government to change the
2: policy. I don't know. I mean,
3: that exactly could have been it. I, uh, it God, you know, God said, you know, you know, be obedient. And I was obedient and he provided later on. So,
0: yeah. Awesome. Awesome.
2: <laughs> Anyone else have a little story? It just hasn't been talking. Quickly, Gina.
1: This was years ago. I um, was living in Bradford at the time, and my kids used to go to St. Angela used to go to St. Charles, and I remember um, just saying that morning to God, I go, Lord, I feel my life is dry. I want to be used by you. I want to see people being healed. I want to be able to be your instrument. And that morning, there was a mother who I always would talk to in the morning, and she started crying, telling me how her little daughter that was in the car seat wasn't walking that the day before and was just very limp. And I said, Well, why don't we just pray and believe God for healing? And she was like, Sure. And I just said, Now I'm gonna pray in in this gift called tongues that you're not gonna know what I'm saying. And I said, But God will give me the words to speak over your child. she's like, okay, it's like you just say amen. She's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so we did that in her car. And then the next day, she came running up to me going, what did you do? And I go, what would I do? And she goes, as soon as I got home, my daughter started running around the living room and jumping up and down. And I was like, well, say, I said, praise God, because it's not me. He just used me. Uh-huh.
2: That's amen. Right? <laughs> that's all it takes. Anybody else? You got something, Krista?
4: Actually, if you know me at all, you'll get this. God told me to shut up. (laughs) He told me not to speak when I really badly wanted to speak. (laughs) Something was given to me that I had been kind of, you know, praying for, hoping for. Oh, God, this would be just so fantastic. And it it actually came to pass. And then it was taken away. And I was really angry. (laughs) So somebody, I was talking with someone who had something to do with it. And they're like, you just need to write you know, a letter and let them know how angry you are and let them, you know, how unfair this is and yada, yada. And so I kept going to the computer and God just kept saying, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> so I'm like, God, I really want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. And two days later, I get an email saying, we sort of inconvenience you. We, we reassessed everything and we looked at it again and we're just going to leave it as it is. So obedience. You know. Awesome. Awesome. Sometimes
2: it's n- to stop doing something, right?
4: Last week, my husband was at church here. We found out that uh, the church needed some money, so God put out my heart to give the remainder of the money to the church for the um, India. So, and uh, so that's what we did.
2: Cool. Great. Thanks for the pie in the face. Appreciate that. <laughs> God is blessing. Listen, this is all it is okay? It's simple things. It's not tough things. It's just walking in obedience. It's little moments, little steps that we can take that that God just, he just uses for his glory, and he's setting you up because he's at work. He's at work in your life. He's at work in my life, and he wants to use you as as a conduit to his goodness, to his blessing, when I was moving to Bradford there was a couple from another church the church that I left actually helped me move to this church which is pretty amazing and I was talking to them about buy. we had to buy a new washer and dryer and uh, it was a stove, we had to buy a new stove um, and so we were going to buy a new stove and I was, I was upset about it, I was like you know what, I'll just, I'll just wait because I know there's something on sale. Just go tomorrow. And, like, and, and I wasn't going to buy something here in Bradford. I was going to go to like somewhere in Barrie, some big box store, and I really felt the Spirit of God was speaking to me saying, just go to some local store and buy something, even though it's going to be $150 more. Like, support your community. And I'm like, but Lord, that doesn't make any sense. I know that this stove will be $100 cheaper if I go there. And so he's like, in spirit's like, you just do it. And I'm like, fine. <laughs> I wasn't happy about it. I was like, ugh. So I, and my friend's just like, well, why don't you let me drive you, and I'll, I'll go with you. And I'm like, okay, you can come with me to buy a stove. So I went in there, and honestly, right up to the last moment, I'm like, okay, I'll have that one. And I go to pay. My friend pulls out his visa and says, It's on me. Now, if I would have waited a day and bought it on my own, the blessing wouldn't have been there. God speaks to us, He wants to use us as a conduit of His blessing, He wants to use you as a conduit of the message of the gospel. So when the Lord speaks to you, it's not because it's just because he's messing with you. He's not because he's just playing with you. It's because he has purpose. He has plan. Listen, he's planned everything in our lives. There's there's moments and opportunities that he gives us to, to walk in his blessing. It doesn't mean that you don't have choice. It just means that God is setting you up to win. And we can either say yes, as Pastor Corey was saying, or we can say no. And you may never know what you're going to miss out on, but I'm telling you that the greatest ally we have in in evangelism is the Spirit of God speaking to us. And the greater connection that you have with the Spirit of God, the greater evangelist, the greater person of of the good news that you will be. So this morning, I I just wanted to encourage you that you don't need to be a specialist. You have the guy with all the TV monitors and he he is working things out so that you can share the gospel. Working things out for you and me to do extraordinary things through us. Would you bow with me? Father, we thank you for this day. God, I thank you so much that we could be with you in God's presence. I thank you for the spirit of God moving in our service this morning. God, I thank you that you're moving upon people's hearts, Lord Jesus, to do things, to act and to serve, Lord God, that help us to realize that you have specific instructions for us and that, God, you're not just dropping us off, but you're going to help us step by step. And in those moments when we have a humble heart and a servant's heart, that people are going to invite us into their lives and those will be the moments that we can share you, Jesus. Father, we ask you for more of those moments. Please continue to speak to us. Give us opportunity. Help us to obey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your patience this morning. Um, We're so glad that you came. You may want to stick around to watch people get pied in the face. If you would like to be so kind as to take my place, and for you to get pied in the face, I would be willing to allow you to take my place, and I'm sure others would as well, but no, Corey wants his pumpkin pie, so listen, God bless you, stick around, and watch whatever's going to happen next.